there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. guys welcome back to alluring our folklore podcast where we tell you the history and stories of different legends and lore from around the world <laughs> and i before we get into the loring thing i do have like a quick little note of oh. just like a personal thing between you and i i feel like there are some weeks where it's been so long since we've talked and in those weeks <laughs> you send me the funniest stuff <laughs> <laughs> And the times I look at my phone, I'm like, hmm, what kind of photo shoot did Ryan do this time? <laughs> or what chaotic meme or what queen died? It to me. <laughs> look, a lot of, whenever we stop talking, a lot of stuff happens. I know it's that. important to keep you up to date. Yeah, well, if we, if we are like communicating on projects a lot that week, it's like, oh, no. Nothing really, yeah, but nothing it's like important. the moment, the moment yeah. we go dead, it's like shit mm-hmm. hits the fan. Yep. Like Nessie's discovered. <laughs> there was something like, about Kanye in the news. I didn't even have the heart to read it because oh, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't getting into that. That was that's all sorts of crazy. <laughs> oh lord, I can't. Even. Yeah. Well, <laughs> am I muted? I'm muted. So let's let's just start over. Cause, well, that was just muted on YouTube. It's that fine. Hello, me. everybody. For everyone who couldn't hear me um that whole time <laughs> hey <laughs> i have time to edit this video before we yeah. post it so we're good, we're good. this line of audio anyway yeah. hey ryan do you wanna you wanna say what you found oh lori uh yeah so you kind, you kind of already mentioned it but i did a i don't know the right word for it but like <laughs> sexy ghost photo shoot with my friends um this last weekend and it was just it was so fun it like it wasn't like a serious like sexy ghost sexy shoot. Was, leg. yeah so it was like literally we just like cut a sheet in half and threw it over top of them and then had like what's the word fishnet is that yeah, yeah fishnet. fishnet and it was hilarious um I posted one in our Discord that I was like, I'm gonna wait until I talk about it in the episode <laughs> so that there's some context of what people are looking at. I thought I was going um, crazy because I was like, I swear to God, I saw this on Discord like 20 yeah. minutes ago, and I was like, I posted oh, them, then it. I deleted them because I was like, pe- the the world wasn't quite ready for it. <laughs> ah, um, but on. it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I hadn't done like 
just a fun for fun photo shoot in a while so it was it was a good time went out into the mountains it was so great did here's the question because like i i know you personally and i know Mm -hmm. like how you are photography and i personally feel like you're really chill like yeah you you don't have creepy energy when you ask people for photos and i feel you always have these really beautiful girls that are like yeah you can take my picture so like did you have to convince them or was like this their idea it was not my idea okay it was it was i was asked like do you want to go do a photo shoot in 10 minutes and i was like yeah because i went with my other friend who's a photographer as well okay so it was their idea i just went along for the ride and it was a great time i love that so much listen if you guys ever need a photographer that's just gonna be chill and get something magical ryan's Ryan's goofy photos (laughs) i love them so much they're so great yeah, uh, check our discord they'll be posted whenever this episode's live it's it's a good meme um but yeah what did you find alluring this week Ooh, well i went to i'm gonna say the name wrong and i'm giving them a shout out because i was super impressed kuwahara uh pumpkin patch <laughs> in good old draper the thing nice. you're seeing all like the utah moms post okay. right now because it's like the one cool place in utah to go yeah that, and I saw the pictures. I was with my friend. It was late at night, and me and her were figuring out like the group plans, like her boyfriend, my boyfriend, and if we we're grabbing our friends in it and stuff. And we saw a video of it, and the video was during the day, and it was a stage performance, and it <laughs> it wasn't the best little clip. And I out loud was like, "I bet it's spookier at night." And she roasted my ass for like an hour. She's like, Kimberly, there were pumpkins dancing with a princess. It is not. <laughs> it's not going to get better. So I was like, well, let's just give it. I was like, we don't have to do it. And she's like, no, now we have to do it. So I can look at you at one point and go, it's spookier at night. And then we got there and it was so cool. Like She was nice. like, oh, it is actually a little spookier. And I was like, hmm? Exactly. Everything's spookier once the sun sets. But it was so cool because like, I feel the problem with pumpkin patches or Halloween things mm-hmm. is they're either super, super scary, like Nightmare on 13th, right? Yeah. And where it's like you kind of don't get a break or yeah. it's like super kitty, like yeah. no, no problems with that. But it's like there's nothing to do as like from like 12 years and older kind of thing. Yeah. But, but here was like the perfect balance. There was like a really cool pumpkin patch and they have like all these different signs they hand painted. And then I talked to like one of the owner's kids for a while and she was just such a gem. Nice. <laughs> and then what else was there? I, um, yeah, they had like haunted houses and like a court. It was, it was hella cool. And they had like, we called it a baby rave because they had like rave music and it was all these nice. like little kids in Halloween costumes. Yeah, their chocolate milk just like oh, shaking. It was so cute. <laughs> and all the girls in the group were water signs. So we were all like, oh, look at their little legs. <laughs> look at them dance. But oh my God, it was so crazy. They like, I don't like haunted houses because I don't like gore. And I think I talked about it in the last episode, but there was yeah. one moment. That was like, I got so anxious because we were in the house and they have like different paths they'll send you down in like the haunted house. Great job because there wasn't gore. Like it actually scared me. They had us go in this tunnel. 
so we were on our hands and knees and then oh we had goodness. to like army crawl at one point and i got so fucking stressed I could out never mm-hmm. i like turned to my side and right there because they know you're going to stop for a second they have like a glass mirror and there's a clown in a creepy room and he like came up to the window and i was I like flipped in that little spot and slid down the rest (laughs) of the way so quick. Goodness. I look back at my friend and she was there, like, God take me now. (laughs) And I've never, we all felt anxiety. And we had a kid in our group. He was like, he was way taller than me. I don't, I want to say like six, four. He's so tall. One of like Edgar's good homies. And he was like, I'm not going in there. They're like, yeah, you are. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how Mark can even fit in there, you know? I was like, that was wild. I got stuck. Man. (laughs) Well, like, we were like, how are people going to fit through there? And they're like, oh, they had different paths. They just sent us down that one. They're like, these people feel like tunnel people. Oh, I was so anxious. And then the other part that scared me, like they did great. Everything was great. So detailed, so immaculate is we were, we're all in line. We're getting out. And it's like through this kind of corn maze looking thing. And I'm towards the front of the group. Cause I've been freaking the fuck out. Cause my anxiety is so high. And I look back cause I hear a chainsaw and the Mm-mm. dude in the mask makes eye contact with me, lifts the chainsaw up and goes, <laughs> duh, 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 duh. I ran so fast. I like let go of my boyfriend. I was like, peace. Uh, <laughs> I was like, and yeah. he, he's so poker face in haunted houses where we get out of there. They're like, wow, you got out of there fast. I was like, listen, I love you, but if you can't move, yeah. I can't save you. In a survival situation, if you're in the back, you're done. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) They made eye contact with me. It was the meanest thing ever. I (laughs) felt it. It was like over the other four people in our group. (laughs) I was like, no. One of them was like, wow, I've never seen Kimmy run that fast. I was (laughs) like, I was so scared. (laughs) But it was great. So just Halloween-y activities is, is my long explanation for an alluring yeah. thing this week <laughs> I, it's the best time of the year i'm doing one on saturday so i'm sure that'll be my alluring thing next episode yeah but uh speaking of making eye contact with horrible creatures um <laughs> let's jump into the show thank you campfire sounds Listen to them, the children of the night. What music they make. What are we talking about? <laughs> that was a that was supposed to be a vampire accent. It went a little Italian. And I don't know what it was. So we're just gonna move on. <laughs> For creatures of the night that don't like garlic, that was a really surprise. <laughs> Pasta and the vampires. <laughs> Oh, okay. Wow, this is a great start. I have a feeling my bones is going to be a good one. Oh, I I love that voice. That was fantastic. Okay, so whether you're in Transylvania or England, be cautious of any charming man with a hooked nose you meet in the evening. If you are a beautiful woman or just plain unlucky, you may run into a shape-shifting, blood-sucking creature of the night. 
This iconic folklore character has charmed many and has left an impression on gothic horror to this very day. And if you are here watching on our YouTube, you'll see our beautiful bottle illustration I made inspired by this week's folklore. Now, if you are an amazing audio listener, you can go to our website and check out the episode guide or see it on our social media channels. But go check it out, and I will be in our shop, too, as a sticker, at the very least. So, all the things. So this week, we'll be talking about the most famous vampire known to this very day, specifically Bram Stoker's Count Dracula, and the possible inspiration for this famous gothic horror story character. The Legend of Dracula was published in London during 1897, but folktales of corpse-like creatures that inspired this have been around for centuries. Ooh, so I'm, I want to start by saying I'm a fangirl a little. I, I already know where you're going to be on the alignment chart. I, I didn't even need to look at it. You read Dracula and you yep. knew. And listen, to control myself, we will not be discussing the Brides of Dracula today. That's fair. So That would be a good episode, though. We should do that in the future. That may also be a reason I decided to not talk about them today. Smart, smart. But we'll say it's me controlling my thirst. So. Yeah, it's both. It's both. Well, There's not enough holy water in Kimmy's house right now <laughs> to talk about the Brides of Dracula. Not enough, but there will be. So in 1897, Bram Stoker published the famous novel Dracula, but this wasn't the start of the legend about blood-sucking creatures of the night. Since the dawn of time, many primitive cultures believed in vampires and had their own rules of how to defend and kill them. Legends of vampirism reached back to Assyria, Babylonia, China, and South America, and these are just to name a few. Other places even held strong beliefs in vampirism. For example, Greece in the 1800s. So anyone with red hair was suspicious and possibly killed because it was believed they were a vampire. <laughs> there were, yeah, so <laughs> that's when having mermaid hair would not be a super beneficial thing for you. Yeah, I would... Um... Red hair is like a surprise to me, honestly. I would think when I think vampires, I think like black, like dark black, everything. Right. Well, like, I don't know. I think of red and black hair and white. Those are like the three. Yeah, like no, in, no too. in between shades. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so anyway, the, the gingers had to be careful back then if they yeah. aren't harassed enough. Yeah, right? Every time. Man. <laughs> <laughs> they had to watch their backs then, too. So there was also Romanian with the most vampire association in their history. And this can be due to superstition, countless legends, warmongering history, and the culture of Roman gypsies. So there are even horror legends about vampires from Irish mythology that are believed to place a major role in the inspiration for his Dracula. So as a child, Dublin was a very sick and spent most of his days in bed. And he got better as he got older. But like from birth to seven years old, this kid just did not have it for him. And during this time, his mother would tell him tales about Irish folklore from her childhood. 
And here are some of the legends she told him that are believed to be his main sport source of inspiration for the Count. So, this painting looks very deceiving. Because <laughs> they look like a warm hug. Yeah. But you shouldn't trust it. They so, have, like, the little, like, uh, ray of light around their head that you see in, like, Vatican paintings. Oh, yeah. Because, well, like, the one does, and I can't remember, because this is supposed to be a specific story, but I tried not to look into this too much because of time. Okay. But these are the creatures. So the first one is about she, and it's spelled S-I-D-H-E, which are fairy people from Irish mythology. They were a very powerful race that lived in a parallel world and walked amongst the living. Some of these beings had to drink blood of humans or animals to just survive, though. <laughs> so these blood-drinking, shape-shifting fairies are known to inhabit sites called Dune Drench Plor, or Castle of Tainted Blood, located in southern Ireland. So pretty fairies, bloodsuckers shapeshifters so part of the inspiration yeah so another ireland legend thought to be the source of inspiration for the count was avertak a supernatural dwarf that lived in the parish of glenloon in Derry in northern ireland in a place called slachtarbertree who knows <laughs> whatever that word is slag to slag to verity i don't know slag to verity i don't know um the, anyway. so many consonants there's so many <laughs> it's like i looked at it and my heart stopped for a second <laughs> i had to like come back to it so the fetish creature so this creature would devour human blood and was one of the walking dead i'm not even going to try to pronounce the old word for that but that's what they say it was and ryan's gonna have a little legend about this fun guy in a moment so with all these legends of blood-sucking corpses and fairies inspiration for dracula seems deeply connected to the lore of vampires that have been around for centuries it also suggested the name of dracula comes from the irish word which is spelt crazy but is pronounced dracula <laughs> So you're just, it's like, it's spelled like Dracula. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And so this translates to bad blood between relatives. Mm. But this isn't the only inspiration for the good old Count. It's believed there are historic figures that affected him as well. Now, I don't know if I've told you about him. Do you know about Vlad Dracula, the... the I I I do because this is Vlad the Impaler, right? Yeah, I do. I do know quite a bit about <laughs> Vlad the Impaler. So if you're looking at this image, you might find similarities from what we do in the shadows. One character, <laughs> <laughs> and I really love that. That was a nice touch on their end. So the first most famous one, which was Vlad Dracula the second. And I don't know if it's the second or third because I wrote both instances in my notes and I have confused myself. I have hurt myself in confusion. So one of them. And he was a 15th century Romanian prince who lived from 1431 to 1473. He was known as both an honorable and vicious hero. 
Vlad had much honor in his homeland and defended it from savage acts of violence. He was also known as Vlad Tempest, or as his friends would like to call him, Vlad the Impaler. That is because he would impale his enemies alive on a tall wooden stake and leave them to display at the board border of scared enemies would run away. So. Yeah, so the the sentence um, defended his homeland. A bit of a stretch. This guy was a psycho, like straight warmongerer, like cross him you dead you dead well look at the painting that's not an eyes of a saint no (laughs) that man makes nandor the relentless look like just a just a guy you know (laughs) nandor's a labrador is the thing he's he had his violent kick and he's like just like a puppy now (laughs) yeah but yeah like cry was saying this this dude was vicious um it's rumored he killed between 40,000 and 100,000 people in horrific fashion and on top of this he would also torture anyone to death that dared trespass on his land and again trespass bit of a stretch people just (laughs) lived there and he was like this is my land now and he just murdered them (laughs) (laughs) If he he didn't make the red flags with blood, he was just he a, is a red giant flag. red flag. Yeah. A giant walking red flag. <laughs> that it's the eyes. It's yeah. the dead eyes. So, um, so he, he, it's so funny because I feel like you summarize it so much better than I I did in my notes, and it took me so long to write this. And you're like, nah, dude was just psycho, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. So I'll finish it up, but he wasn't someone people would want to cross um it was even rumored that he'd feast on the bodies of the dead and drink the blood of his victims from a sacred bull so some say it was a tactic to frighten enemies others say there was something much darker to vlad so everything comes to an end and in 1479 vlad was killed in battle he was (laughs) ironically decapitated and his severed head was put on display in the Turkish capital of Istanbul. His body was rumored to be buried at the monastery of Snagov. Romania considered him a national hero, but the evil acts he did commit came at a price. And since he was excommunicated from the church for these acts, his headless body is doomed to wander the world as an undead corpse. (laughs) I believe it. So, boy was psycho. I feel yeah. like that's wow. <laughs> Can that's we... the one I grew up thinking was Dracula. Yes. So this that's... is like the main. This is the main one. Oh, yeah. As I drop everything. Oh, that's gonna scare me later. Where'd it go? <laughs> okay, sorry. I don't want to scare myself. <laughs> For our audio listeners, Kimmy just yeeted something <laughs> off her desk. It was my mermaid hairbrush. Look how cute. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> It would just scare me because it blends into my carpet. Yeah. It's the same exact color palette. All right. So the next one. So that was the main one. This one, some people think he got inspiration from. A lot more people argue not. But I feel like it's important to bring up. Um, Elizabeth Bathory. And you remember her from our Bloody Mary episode. Good old Mary. Now. Causing earthquakes and... Rock in my world. Okay. 
I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I do want to point out, and I, I put things in gray in the notes if I want to bring it up, only if it yeah. like, comes up in conversation. I need everyone to know our doppelganger episode, I feel was way scarier than our Bloody Mary one. <laughs> I don't know if it's just me, Ryan, but like I've had so many people tell me they're scared to listen to our Bloody Mary episode. Really? How interesting. And I'm, I'm here to be the person to tell you like... It was super fun. Like, you learn about the history of Bloody Mary cocktails, um, how your brain tricks you with mirrors, um, the California... <laughs> you learn the connection of the California yeah. fault line, that's, Bloody yeah, Mary, that's and bad. Ryan. Yeah, the big one's on me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, like, I I don't know. I'll have to ask you. I don't feel yeah. like it was as intense. No, as it, it wasn't scary. I feel like I mean, Siren also, Head was no worse, one reached too. out to me because, you know, Cryptid Gang is fearless. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Cryptid Gang is fearless. Kiss my ass. was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of cryptid sightings I've read where someone has shit or pissed their pants. And the amount of folklore stories of people that have thrown themselves into danger. <laughs> Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> I need, I need more team folklore representation. You guys, you guys gotta, you guys gotta help me out. Don't worry about it, people. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to learn about Elizabeth, go check out our Bloody Mary episode. If you are scared of sightings, you can skip the sightings. But I really don't. I feel like we've had much worse episodes. So I'm here to tell yeah, you. Yeah, it, it really okay. wasn't. It, it was, it was, it was surprisingly tame. I don't like paranormal, so yeah. like we danced around it <laughs> as much yeah. as we could. But for all of you that haven't listened and do just want a little recap, she was an evil countess that would use the blood of virgins to restore her youth by bathing in it or consuming it. So this whole idea of blood and youth kind of stems from here as well. So now that we know a little bit of the history... I want to tell you some of the different names Dracula goes by. Uh, do you do you want to popcorn it? I feel like that's this. Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, you can go first. Okay, the Count Vlad the Impaler, Orc Dog, which means the devil. The Count. Oh, I wrote that twice. My bad. Uh, Death Valley. Drac. Mr. Develi. And potentially Nandor the Relentless. <laughs> to be determined. Uh, yeah, I say it. Just because I love that character so much. That really, it's, I mean, spoilers, that, that isn't my modern take, but man, I wish, you know, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about what we do oh, in the shadows. We'll get back to it. Yeah. Um. So now, now we know all the different names, all his little history. And I'm going to pass it off to Ryan to tell you some stories about All this right. creature of the night. Blah. <laughs> Is that the right one? Oh, yes. Wait. Not that no. one. The one that looks like okay, a nightmare. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought my slides got messed up. Okay. So the first one, I'm going to be talking about the Avertech. Um... A supernatural dwarf who lived in the parish of Glenulin in Derry in Northern Ireland in a place called Slagverty, as Kimmy had previously mentioned. Um, so this finished creature would devour human blood 
and was one of the, this is the word Kimmy didn't want to say, I'm going to butcher it, Naim Mirab, which I believe is The Walking Dead. It wasn't long until Avertak was slain by a neighbor chieftain called O'Kane. But that was not the end of good old Avertak. After O'Kane buried the bloodsucker standing up in his grave, Avertak came back more bloodthirsty than before. The O'Kane chief then killed him and buried him standing up in his grave once more. I don't know why standing in the grave. It's because he's so short. This story oh. doesn't specify it. Okay. Um, but that being said, Avertak, you know, escaped again. More angry and more bloodthirsty. And O'Kane was so desperate to kill and keep Avertak down, so he spoke to a local druid about how to defeat him. The druid told him, hey, you know, you've been burying him the same way over and over. How about you bury him upside down? And after he was killed, it would subdue all of our Aberchak's powers. And what do you know? It worked. After O'Kane killed Avertak for the third time, he buried him as suggested by the Druid, and Avertak never wreaked havoc again. <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. No, you. <laughs> Fool me twice. Shame on me. There you go. And oh, yeah. Good job, O'Kane, for getting it right the third time. Now, and the thing is, this is the sh this is like a a shorter version of it. Yeah. It's like similar but different <laughs> in the tales. There's this in the next one. Yeah, this next one's the more slightly expanded version of yeah. Avatar as yeah. a person but that's the berry thing is because he's supposed to be a supernatural dwarf so like it didn't matter what way they buried him because it yeah. was all the same dimensions he was like a cube either <laughs> way yeah he was <laughs> poor <Avertak. laughs> okay so this one's called a petty king and by the way like a vampire dwarf would be the coolest D, D character ever so i'm gonna do that next time <laughs> can you can you name him Averdak? yeah i mean that's just not something you ever think to combine right like, definitely never it's, it's always like humans or like elves or like right because vampires though. have like an elegance yeah to them but a dwarf <laughs> vampire would be terrifying i'll bite your ankle it's like a werewolf and vampire had a child yeah, kind of thing. But they couldn't conceive on their own, so they had to use a donor, and the donor was an elf. And yeah. that's what happened That's where there. the vampire came from. <laughs> Checks out. So the second story is called A Petty King. Um, so in the lands of East of the Foil, between Dungiven and Gargov, in the gl Glen of the Eagle, Glenulin, there was a petty king called, you guessed it, Avertak. His name implies that he was either a small dwarf. Oh, so sorry. He was either small or a dwarf. This could be the result of an accident, battle injury, or a wizard curse. He was known as a manly, brave, and strong ruler. But <laughs> he was also an evil man. Where's the box? Hated and feared by his own clan and the neighboring clans. Avertak 
was also a jealous man and constantly suspected that his wife was having an affair. One day, he let his double get the best of him, and he climbed out the window of his castle. I don't... Oh, sorry. I said double. He let his doubts get the best of him. I just kept going. He let his doubts get the best of him, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go spy on my wife to catch her in the act. But he fell and slipped to his death. So the next morning, his body was discovered... And all the people were relieved he was dead because, uh, you know, he's kind of not the best guy. Right. Um, so they quickly buried him. Okay. But who can we who would have guessed it? They buried him standing up due to his size, much like the last story. Who would have guessed? Yeah. So everything in the kingdom seemed great. People were out in the streets. They're like, ding dong, the king is dead. Um, until Avertak appeared and demanded the bowels of his people's blood fresh from cuts, but not bowels. He wanted bulls. <laughs> I was like. Long, the bowels of my enemies. No, he wanted <laughs> the bowels of, I mean, not wrong, not right. You know so, how you always use the meme of me with the Uno card, and that says pronounce this right? Yeah. Or draw Yours is going to say bulls <laughs> on it. Bulls or bowels? <laughs> oh, no. So just one more time. Right from the top, I believe so, you. <laughs> number one, it got very peaceful. Number two, Avertak showed up and was like, you sons of bitches, you buried me. I want bowls of your fresh blood cut from your wrist. The terrified clans people complied because they thought this guy was dead and they were terrified. But luckily they contacted the neighboring chieftain, Catan, or as some say, Carthrin, and begged him to deliver them from the evil. Catan agreed to do this for the people, so he waited for Avertak and knocked him out. After which... He buried him again, standing up, because people don't learn. <laughs> yes? If you take anything from this episode, don't bury yeah, your dead stupid. It. If you bury if you bury grandma and you and she shows back up the next day and you go to bury her again, maybe don't bury her the same way. That's why you always do it horizontal. horizontal. So when they wake up, they hit the coffin and go Nailed back down. the coffin. I mean, they apparently they weren't using coffins. They were just throwing <laughs> my guy in the dirt and like, that's good. He just the fact that he was down. able to dig his way out, it wasn't a very deep hole. Very <laughs> lazy on these people's parts. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, so where was I? So Cathan agreed to do this for the people. He knocked out Avertag. And he buried him again, standing up. But old Avertag wasn't going down that easy. Who'd have guessed it? The next day, he popped out of his grave with an empty bowl, <laughs> demanding it be filled with more flesh blood from his people. Now, this kind of pissed Cathan off. And once again, beat up the devil creature, evil creature, and again... Buried him in a remote grave. And again, he burst into the castle and demanded his bowl of blood. 
In total bewilderment, Cathan could only turn to the locals. This time it's a saint, Aegon, for help. So Aegon listened to the sorry tale and de deliberated and prayed about the situation. His advice to Cathan was that Arbitac was already dead. He could not be killed again. And the only way to stop him was to pierce his heart with a sword made of a yew tree. But put him in the ground upside down and cover him with an ash branch and thorn. Thanks, Catholics. <laughs> when this was done, place a heavy stone slab over his grave, which could never be raised. Otherwise, Avertak would once again... So, so, sorry. So if you don't put the stone, he comes back. So what was the point of all the other steps? I'm so glad you brought that up because I was just <laughs> thinking, I was like, is the other steps just like the Catholics <laughs> trying to sneak their way in there? The thorn burying him upside down, ash on his face, not actually going to do anything, but maybe just in case. Ooh, um, maybe it's the priest's way, not the priest, the saint's way of like making commission. Like he sells mm, these items. Yeah. Specifically. It's like, oh man, the yew tree market's been really bad this year. <laughs> I really need to get rid of this and buy this branch for me. <laughs> Sharpen I, it up. I love the idea that, you know, like the cloaks the priest have. I like to think it's Velcro for him <laughs> and he opens it. <laughs> Want some use? <laughs> Pre-sharpened. Get your use. <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't need a stone slab. Can I get that from you? No, no, no. Yeah, okay. no, you gotta get that yourself. <laughs> It's God's way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so if the heavy stone slab was on the grave, it would never never raise again, and he would never come looking for his bloody breakfast. Cathan followed the saint's advice and duly impaled and inter interred the deadly dwarf as instructed. The town lived in peace from the wretched ruler and left the grave undisturbed in fear he may rise again. Some believe Arbitrax still lies beneath his stone slab and they want anyone who visits to be cautious and locals are still very wary of the site fair enough yeah because all that's holding him back is a piece of rock and some yeah. upsell items <laughs> yeah. yeah if you go i don't what is a yew tree is that just like a it's it's spelled y-e-e -E. I thought I just heard a yeet. <laughs> the tree with a little berry on it. Oh, how cute! Doesn't look like tree. much. Of, doesn't look like much of a a stabbing tree, but it looks you know, like those big trees you'll see in a fantasy um, movie or novel when they like enter the other realm. That's yeah, what it kind of looks bit. like. A little bit, yeah. But like, it's your, not it's your fantasy. standard fantasy tree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> basic tree yeah all right for my third and final story we're gonna be talking about good old-fashioned dracula um so this story is way too long for a podcast episode um because you know it's a whole book as <laughs> you can see um so we're gonna we're we we uh well i shouldn't say we kimmy kimmy uh, made it a little shorter for everyone so um thank you britannica.com for book summaries because the summary i wrote for this years ago was like 
four pages and they're like here's like a page and i was like you beautiful bastards thank you so much (laughs) thank you (laughs) because i was like i don't it was hard because i was trying to find dracula specific folklore because there's so many vampire legends and everything was just chapters and chapters and chapters and i'm like i'm not doing this to ryan i'm not doing this to our listeners i'm not doing this to myself yeah that'd be a that'd be a whole episode but anyway so yeah this book by dracula uh comprises of journal entries letters telegrams all written by the main character so it begins with jonathan harker a young English lawyer as he travels to Transylvania. Harker plans to meet? Yes? Oh, no, I'm just doing silence. Oh, okay, I thought, I thought you were saying hold. <laughs> no, I, I, was, I was getting into it. I was yeah. doing the motions. I was... Uh, okay, so it begins with Jonathan <laughs> Harker, a young English lawyer as he travels to Transylvania. Harker plans to meet with Count Dracula, a client of his firm in order to finalize a property transaction. When he arrives in Transylvania, the locals react with terror after he discloses his destination. Castle Dracula. Though this unsettles him slightly, he's like, eh, continues onward. The ominous howling of wolves rings through the air as he travels at the castle. When Harker meets Dracula, he acknowledges that the man is pale, gaunt, and strange. Harker becomes further concerned when, after Harker cut himself while shaving, Dracula lunges at his throat, which is a fair thing to be concerned about. He was so concerned. (laughs) Yeah, but he dismissed these concerns because Dracula invites him to spend the night after his long travels. Sorry for attacking you. (laughs) To make it up, would you like to sleep here? Um home is so far away and i could murder you if you yeah and (laughs) the roads are dangerous there's nobody around for miles man Um, (laughs) i just had flashbacks to dating in my early 20s stay safe (laughs) out there ladies oh public dates first five you heard it here (laughs) especially if they if they try and drink your blood after you cut yourself shaving it's fine uh, if you're so, into it. That's just like a later date conversation. But don't worry, Kimmy. Things get better, all right? Mm-hmm. That evening, Harker is seduced by three v- female vampires who he escapes. Barely. So, come on, Harker. <laughs> um, he then learns Dracula's secret, that he is a vampire and survives by drinking human blood. Harker correctly assumes that he is to be the Count's next victim. He attacks the Count, but his efforts are unsuccessful. Dracula leaves Harker trapped in the castle, and then, along with 50 boxes of dirt, departs for England. <laughs> are you going to discuss the dirt thing later? <laughs> no, I'm not. We could talk about it, right? <laughs> yeah, so with vampires, like they have to have like the dirt of their homeland like under their bed right something like that they have to have it where they rest or they can't fall asleep and then they get like they lose their powers and their abilities so dracula brought 50 boxes with them just in case because he lifts no (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. Anyway, so meanwhile, in England, Harker's fiance, Nina, is visiting a friend named Lucy Westerina, who has recently gotten engaged after de- a declining number of suitors. Good for her. One night, Mina must search for Lucy as she has fallen back into her old habit of sleepwalking. When Mina finds her finds her outside near a graveyard, there appears to be a shape hovering over her for a split second. Mina notices two small red marks on Lucy's neck and assumes that she must have inadvertently pricked Lucy with the pin. Over the following days, Lucy falls ill and it is and is at times seen through a window next to a bat. Mina is worried, but she called away once she received correspondence from Jonathan. Lucy goes into the care of Dr. Seward and Dr. Van Helsing, who, after a number of failed blood transfusions, decides further action is needed. They then drape Lucy and her room with garlic, a strategy used to ward off vampires. Lucy soon dies. I wonder why. So after her death, there are many reports about the appearance of a creature who is attacking children in the area. When Jonathan, who was able to escape Dracula's castle, and Mina return to England, now as a married couple, Jonathan and the Counts of Dracula lead to Van Helsing to believe that Lucy contracted vampirism from the Count and is one and is the one tormenting children. In order to prevent her from further killing, they unearth her corpse, stake her through the heart, cut off her head, stuff her mouth with garlic. Very brutal. Yeah, so, like, before we continue, I just want to go back to the fact that while all this shit is happening, they have a wedding. Um, yeah. <laughs> no time like the present. Right. But, like, God. Yeah. Your, friend, your best friend Never just died. Perfect. He, he comes back you're like well i rejected eight suitors i might as well come yeah i guess this one. this fucking guy <laughs> anyway. didn't think he was coming back she's like well i guess i gotta keep that promise yeah. i made that one night <laughs> so now that lucy had been taken care of the group decided oh. to count to track down count dracula and the 50 boxes of dirt he brought with him Probably not that hard to find 50 boxes of dirt. Um, It has a sign on it that says, not dirt, cocaine. (laughs) Totally not Transylvanian dirt. (laughs) Brown cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like crossed out and like re-scribbled on there. (laughs) Yeah. You see it says Dracula's dirt with just like crossed out over and over. (laughs) So according to lore, Dracula, oh, okay, well. It's coming back up. Dracula needs the dirt of his home country to remain healthy, and the group attempts to destroy the boxes so that Dracula has no means of regeneration. One night, amid feelings of uneasiness towards Mina's recent behavior, Van Helsing and Seward break into her room and find Jonathan unconscious and Mina drinking blood from the gash in Dracula's chest. Mina was a vampire all along. The vampire disappears and returns to Transylvania only to be followed by the determined group. They find him buried in the final box of dirt and promptly cut off his head and stab him through the heart. Dracula crumbles into dust. The vampire hunters also lose one of their own, Quincy Morris. Rest in peace, Quincy, during their expedition. So to understand who half those people I brought up were, highly recommend reading the entire Bram Stoker book. Um, it's it's good. It's a classic. So good. It is one of my one of my favorites. 
it's it's so good it's a lot the book has a lot more like little sexy things because i support that but it was yeah, like the, for the time the part of the uh seduced by three vampire women goes on a little longer <laughs> <laughs> yeah he escapes from it like not it's, a lot longer but it's really <laughs> good like this whole book is good um you you reading it is a way different experience than just this plot yeah. summary so i super encourage it it is one of my favorite tales like i want this book really bad i want like a cool like ornate version of it yeah. so bad I, I i listened to it on audiobook and the dude Ooh. did just like a really terrible transylvania accent and it was so good <laughs> i don't yes. remember i don't remember like which version it was it was just one from like the library that does like where you can like rent the audiobooks you know okay but i'll figure it out yeah please it out. please impose links because i want that part of that's going to be my workout book <laughs> once i'm done with my career it's not a bad one no i i love it it's it's so good and the battle is so epic and the plot twist of running here and there here and there here and there back and forth it's so good yeah. it's just so good okay i'm done gushing I I got I got another plot twist for you. Oh, okay. It's time for a commercial break. See y'all. Picture this. You're driving down Nevada's famous extraterrestrial highway when you suddenly see a UFO glide across the sky. And then bam, inspiration for a design that is out of this world hits you. So you pull over, pull out your sketchbook, and create a work of art. Now, while admiring your creation, it hits you that you could sell this online. But how, or where do you even start? Well, that's where Printful comes in. Printful is a print-on-demand site with high-quality products, and it's the perfect way to start an online shop. It's super easy to use, and they help you every step of the way. All you have to do is upload your amazing artwork, or even use some of the pre-made designs they have, add it to the products you want, and then add it to your shop. Plus, they provide tons of different high-quality print-on-demand products and ship worldwide. Printful also has ready-made integrations that allow you to connect your Printful to your own store in just a few clicks. They are integrated with the world's top e-commerce platforms, which means you probably already have everything you need to set it up. For the podcast, we use a WordPress site that is hosted through Bluehost, and I was honestly so surprised because it just took a few clicks to install, and then the shop was live on our site in minutes. I wasn't shuffling through code for hours, and Printful provided a step-by-step -step guide on their website to help get everything set up. So that means you get more time to work on your alien-inspired artwork and less time stressing over setting up for an online shop. So what are you waiting for? Join Printful today by going to printful.com slash a slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Printful banner. Again, that's printful.com slash a slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Printful banner and start your online shop today. Well, hey there. Lucky you. You stumbled on your new favorite podcast. Not Another Horror Podcast consists of weekly episodes of serial killers, hauntings, urban legends, alien abductions, unsolved mysteries, and many more things to go bump in the night with a little sprinkle of dry humor. So join me, 
Anthony Rossetti, your host and curator of all things strange and unexplained. Every Thursday for new bone-chilling episodes that'll keep you up at night. See you guys in the show. Slovenia. <laughs> ah, listen. If you guys are ready for Kim to explain her type, <laughs> yep. this is this is when the episode starts going downhill. <laughs> so <laughs> I know what I love, and I know the type I love, and Castlevania's Dracula from the anime was just chef's kiss hands down the hook nose the facial hair the dark long everything i know i have a type like if i could put a picture of my boyfriend up right next to it you guys would see and it would all make sense ryan knows it's that it's that (laughs) this is it so let's talk about this handsome son of a bitch so appearance wise the count isn't a corpse-like creature that one finds the most Eastern European folklore. Um, this one would surprise you because he's very similar to the vampires in Twilight because of just how charming he is. But he does not sparkle. He does not sparkle. He does in my eye, Ryan. Yeah, that's different. He does in my eye. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sparkles in the moonlight. Twinkles in the moonlight. <laughs> Oh, so the Count is a very handsome man that appears somewhat between his late 20s and early 30s. His appearance is thin and youthful. He is pale, not glittery, like Ryan said, and stands at about six feet and four inches tall. Dang. He has a long face with sharp blue eyes, pointed ears, a hook nose, sharp vampire fangs, and very elegant features. He has long, dark hair along with a beard that's typically black, Um, Older Tales of Dracula, he has like a white streak in the beard, which is pretty cool. And his mustache will either be black or white. Um, He is described to have some hair on his palms, but that just sounds like a fun time. So Shave it off. Yeah, you you know, basic body grooming. So on top of looking like an absolute snack, he also dresses great too. So dressed in all black from head to toe, he is very dapper of his aesthetic. He's very clean, takes great care of himself, and even wears a classic black cloak that is used to transform into a bat-like appearance. <laughs> does, nah. he have to, does he have to yell bat to turn into a bat? <laughs> I would love that bat? so much. <laughs> bat? <laughs> so now in bat form, he looks like any other adorable little bat. There isn't anything that makes someone goes, oh, it's Bat Dracula. So be wary of these adorable creatures of the night. Now, on top of looking charming, he has a personality that matches. During his life, Dracula was a Transylvania military leader, also known for his great wealth, and the Romanian people in the homeland were loyal to him as servants and protected him as a result. He was also known for his heroic personality, Eventually, Dracula dies in battle, but the boy comes back as a vampire, and he is still very charismatic, and he has an acoustic, uh, aristocratic charm. Aristocratic 
charm. Wow, that one really got me for a second. I was saying it earlier. So the boy became, so in becoming a vampire, he became more vain, intelligent, and patient. So superior overall. And due to the powers he obtained, like, he was like, I can get any woman now. Like, he feared nothing. I and mean, look at that guy. Look at him. Even with this blood eye image. Come on. Dashing. Come 11 on. out of 10. Yeah. Um, he's a 10, but he sucks the blood of his victims. So he's a 15. Um, <laughs> that turns <laughs> not going to be relevant when we finish this Rye's just here, like, <laughs> God, Kimberly, stop. <laughs> I hate that so much. I feel personally attacked. Get me off with a bat. Like a... <laughs> oh, my God. So now, minus the whole sucking other people's life force, he doesn't seem like too bad of a guy. But under his charming personality lies a much darker side. He could become full of rage when angered and lose his sense of control as his eyes glow a flaming red color. Along with blind rage that would make any barbarian proud, he also possesses many different powers as a vampire. Ooh. All right. So I had to put this picture this guy. of Hollywood Dracula because I know, I know someone's going to be like, look at Hollywood Dracula. Now I'm not into this. This reminds me of the count from Sesame Street. Straight up. <laughs> so I find him adorable in that sense. But let's move on to powers and abilities because he has them too. So the first one is good old bloodletting. Do you know what bloodletting is? Is, is that just like draining your blood for oh. other people to drink? Wow, I thought it was something so much worse. Yeah, so due to his strong cravings for blood and that being the only way he can survive, he'll suck the blood of his victims through bloodletting and that gives him strength and youth. So now, another one he has is his vampire baptisms of the blood ritual. And as you guessed, it is a baptism by blood. So... Oh my. <laughs> he will use hypnosis to have people quote unquote willingly drink his blood after he bites them once completed he forms a telepathic link with them and they turn into vampires um the reason i say like willingly quote unquote is like the point of hypnosis is if you don't want to do something hypnosis isn't going to make you suddenly want to do it it's yeah. just, but if there's a part of you that wants to do it inside, then that's where hypnosis is. It's just like, have you ever, least have you ever been hypnotized? No, I have not. <laughs> I, I did when we were in school together and it was happening. Like things were weird. And then I had a bloody nose and I snapped <laughs> out of it. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I just get bloody noses all the time. It had nothing to do with the hypnotism. Um, it was just Tuesday at six, and it was like, yeah, oh, like uh, the guy like hypnotized us, and the thing was like, you're gonna fall asleep on the shoulder of the person next to you, and I like fell over, and then I like smacked my nose on their shoulder, <laughs> and my nose started bleeding. No, yeah. I, I I've never been hypnotized, but our high school, 
the more I tell you about the high, my high school, I feel the more you like see the picture of where I grew up and understand my qualms with it. We had our only source of entertainment was this guy that would come, and his name was the Hypno Hick, and he was great. But <laughs> it was the Hypno Hick. It was a country like he had like cowboy boots and a hat. He was great at it, like super nice guy. You're gonna fall asleep now. Yeah, yeah. Or... Well, like, and he he was so nice because like I, I dated a dude that was like friends with him through their church or whatever. Yeah. And so like I got to talk to him, and he like would do like the what's it called voice, like the people that do bidding. He's like da 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 auctioneer. Yeah, so he could do that voice, and it was so funny. And he was just such a nice guy. But oh my god, I man. High school. I don't miss yeah. it. Anyway, Hypno Hick. <laughs> yeah. I think he's one of shows, too. Kudos to him. So the Good next one is Superhuman Speed and Strength. Naturally. And then finally, Shape Shifting. Boy can turn into a bat. And if the bat thing bat? isn't his what he's wanting to do, he can also turn into mist and run away, which is pretty cool. So you got the two different powers. Now, with all these crazy powerful abilities, you may be like, oh, fuck, <laughs> he's going to get me. But don't worry if you find yourself having a one-on-one -on -one with this creature non-consensually. I got some things you can do to take him down. So the first is a classic, have a religious symbol on hand, crucifix, holy water, Bible, Listen, even sacrament bread will help get the job done. <laughs> Hear me out. Garlic bread. <laughs> I love garlic sacrament. Oh, <laughs> then a lot more people will be going to mass. <laughs> They're like I'm this, saying, this there's some garlic on that bad boy. Done. I like the idea of this too, because fighting dracula off with a yeah. loaf of sacrament bread <laughs> you throw your bible it hits him it like holds him off for a little you splash with holy water it's working and you're just running away you're like all i have left is my lunch and you just <laughs> throw a loaf of bread <laughs> you bless the bread and then chuck it out. it's a nun running away from him yeah i wouldn't have this <laughs> oh my goodness I apologize to our Catholic listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a Catholic. I'm not a good Catholic, you guys. <laughs> There's garlic. And then some good old sunshine. So mm -hmm. contra contradictory, contradictory. There we go. Contradictory to popular belief. Sun doesn't actually kill vampires. It just makes them incredibly weak. And sparkle. And sparkle. In mm -hmm. my eyes. Yeah. Always. Um... And the next is to stab him during death sleep. So death sleep is when a vampire is blood drunk and mm. prone during the day. So that's when they sleep with their like eyes wide open, but they're unaware of anyone's presence and can't move. So simply place a branch of wild roses on the coffin. He won't be able to escape. I don't know why. <laughs> He just walked. The rose salesman was like, I need to get rid of these lilies. <laughs> He's outside Dracula's castle. Like, listen. Want to out of you. You want some wildflowers? <laughs> well, no thanks. It's to take down Dracula. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then shoot him with a sacred bullet through the coffin to kill him. 
<laughs> I love, I absolutely love when one of the solutions is just shooting them. <laughs> like, like it's been a, it, we've had a few of them now, and it's like it's just the most obvious. It's like. <laughs> You just shoot them. <laughs> like you don't got to do all this other stuff. Bless the bullet, paint a cross on it, bam. Like yeah. Well, the thing is, this is so he doesn't escape. So now you, so he can't turn yeah. to mystery bat, which is which makes I mean, sense in this case. You, you can hit a bat with a bullet. That's all. I'm you just gotta be a good shot. <laughs> you just gotta be a good shot. So many of these cryptids, or not cryptids, but like folklore things, it just ends with someone just getting capped and. <laughs> Maybe that's why there's no none in America. <laughs> or they're all hidden and like yeah, six feet like, tall. Yeah. Dracula wouldn't last too long out in the West. <laughs> that's a fair point. So um it's also important to know in killing Dracula, you will kill all of his newborn vampires. Oh. So keep that in mind. Including the hot wives. Including so, the hot wives. So consider consider the consequences of your actions you may have to deal with a weird in-law family thing for a minute for the sake of marriage mm -hmm. if you get with one but now we're going to shift gears <laughs> we're going to talk about history and events so this segment was hard because i had i had to really narrow it down so i hope you all are buckled up on this, your little log around our campfire this I is not something i ever thought we would talk about <laughs> on our podcast because <laughs> so, that's where this is going so one of the most influential aspects of dracula came from stoker's mother's own stories of her life in 1830s during the start of what later became known as the irish potato famine who would have fucking thought we would be talking about the Irish potato? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> so Very important event in history, but never thought we'd talk about it on a folklore podcast. And here we are. Uh, here we are. So this was also known as the Great Hunger, and it began in 1845 when a mold known as Pitothora infestants caused a destructive plant disease that spread throughout Ireland. The infestation ruined up to one half of the potato crops that year and about three quarters of the crops over the next seven years, taking away their main food source and leading to starvation. The potato famine resulted in a hit of cholera, which caused a blight that rotted in the few potatoes that they were able to salvage. So during those Clara outbreak. I said it perfect the first time. Yeah. Um, there was ghastly scenes of massive graves, corpses in the streets, and victims being buried alive. People were dying so quickly that the carpenters couldn't even meet the needs and demands to build coffins. It was just awful. And during this time of famine, there were many accounts of people becoming so desperate they resorted to cannibalism. People would even go as far as sucking blood from the dead or nearly dead bodies. Just the worst scene. And Charlotte Matilda Blake Thornley lived her teens in Silgo during the start of this outbreak in the 1830s. And she lived to tell the tale years later to her son, Bram Stoker, who would use the gruesome encounters as another Ooh. source of inspiration in his vampire tale. So absolute tragic thing 
mom told him stories about it and he wrote it in his gothic horror novel so i thought that was crazy interesting and again potato famine folklore podcast who would have thought <laughs> so now we're going to shift gears from the tale that helped one of the tales that helped inspire dracula to some vampire facts around europe at the time ha. so now of rumors of blood sucking corpses coming out of their graves during the victorian era many locals feared cemeteries and wanted a way to keep the corpses from escaping and wreaking havoc around this time a scottish innovation called mort safes were built into cemeteries throughout the uk though many believe these were meant to keep the undead in it was actually a means of keeping the living out so during the early 1800s Edinburgh was a major hub for anatomical study, and due to the antiquated laws, it was extremely difficult for researchers to get medical cadavers. Now you may see where this is going. <laughs> and if we have learned anything, yep. if there is a product the market wants, capitalism will find a way. <laughs> This need for cadavers led to a thriving, thriving, illegal trade known as body snatching. And these people were referred to as resurrection men, which was a big part of grave robbing at the time. So <laughs> grave, grave robbing was such a huge problem, Ryan. Like, <laughs> it was like snatching, like candy snatching. You know, it, it was so... Everyone's out there getting their graves robbed. Everyone's out there getting their graves <laughs> robbed. Everyone's just pulling bodies out. Like, <laughs> like they're at a, I don't know, they're at a, like a thrift sale and they're just getting <laughs> what they can. It was, yeah. it was awful. Messed up. So, um, to combat this, these heavy iron cages were built to be placed over the graves. Um... Some of them even being more intricate than like the pictures we're showing, where they looked like literal iron houses on the graves with locks attached to them. <laughs> they were like, you are not getting into this. And at the time, it was also believed that the dead should remain undisturbed. So if someone couldn't afford the grave, they'd go as far as piling a grave with stone slabs to leave the burial sites undisturbed from grave robbers. So it wasn't until 60 years later when the Anatomy Act of 1828 provided for the licensing of teachers of anatomy and set standards for the legal doctation of bodies from dissection, effectively eliminating the market of stolen corpses. Man, it's That's late. Good. I'm good. so sorry. It's so late for me. <laughs> so, Mort saves and slabs of stones didn't move, though, and did nothing but enforce the fear of vampires or zombies popping out their graves and can still be seen in old cemeteries to this very day. And when you go to these cemeteries, they totally hype up uh, vampires. Oh, I'm too. sure, yeah. They're like, oh, this is where the vampires are. Mm -hmm. But just know people are selfish and it was just grave robbing and just. So we, that's what they want you to think. That's what they want. Ryan's on to something. Mm -hmm. So not only were people fearful of corpses becoming these blood-sucking creatures, but they were also scared of vampire bats. Now, bats and vampires seem to go hand-in-hand hand with one another. 
They both were blood-sucking creatures of the night. But it didn't start out this way. So during the late 15th and 16th century, when the Americas were discovered by European explorers, they found the presence of Desmondos Rotundos in Central and South America. Over time, they learned that these creatures fed on blood. So though only three species of bat partake in the consumption of blood, and there are like a thousands that just eat insects and fruit, these nocturnal creatures quickly became feared and thought of as vampires, and since vampires were common in European folklore, they were soon called vampire bats. And this was like the official term around 1810s. So many are surprised that Bram Stoker's Dracula wasn't part of naming a vampire bat, but Dracula wasn't published until 1897. So that's 87 years later, mm -hmm. but it's important to know his story did help with cementing the link between bats and vampires for years to come. Having Dracula transform into a bat became a very iconic vampire trait, and though Stoker's de depiction of a bat is vastly exaggerated in size, power, and is known to suck human's blood, it stuck. And the legend of vampires is still, like, vampire bats is still known to this day. So even cryptids from the Jersey Devil to Chupacabra to Papa Bawa all have bat-like traits and are known for sucking blood from their victims and flying away under the cloak of night. Do you think Bram Stoker ever thought, I'm going to call vampires bats and then in the year 2020 a movie called morbius with jared leto would come out where a man becomes a vampire because he kidnaps a bunch of bats and takes their blood and says it's morbid time for some reason <laughs> i like to think he had a really wild fever dream while he was a sick child and that was the dream he had he saw morbius in his sleep i was like <gasps> and he's like i must That's... fix it and then he made dracula to try and fix yeah. the timeline little did but he it know just... a butterfly affected all the way to morbius <laughs> That's... that should have been there's so many times i've been like damn my modern take could have been that morbius i'll talk about it later we'll get to it there's so many there's uh, so many all right so now now it's time for our favorite segment ryan is it science or the church see here's the thing i think you're you're trying to trick me this episode uh -huh. and i think the obvious answer is gonna be the church but i'm gonna go with science because oh. i feel like people drinking blood is probably a real thing oh that are probably you... is not a good thing but i feel like they do it are you sure i <laughs> yes i'm sticking to my guns we're gonna go wild card and science it up this week oh well ryan guess what you get to cheer for yourself where's my Good job, Ryan. Wow. You're so smart. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Last week, I feel like you handed it to me a little bit with, with it being both. Yeah. So, see? This was well earned. You deserve mm -hmm. this one. 
I'm proud of you. The Is church that... was too. Uh, it was too. It was too obvious. So, I will say this before I get into it. It is important to mention the Catholic Church relationship with vampires. Now, oh. I'm not giving the church credit for this one okay. because okay. everything I found was just them saying vampires are the devil and using it as a scare tactic to yeah. convert non-Christians to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally can't and find sell their ash and. Yeah, like I, I couldn't find any story about vampires' direct connection to the church. All I found was using holy s- symbols to scare them and eradicate the devil. So they don't get the point. The church only gets the point, like, if there's a story with it or there's something more than them just being like, it's the devil, because they, everything's the devil. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, <coughs> so it doesn't count. It was, too, it was too obvious. Doesn't count. Okay, and using holy symbols to eradicate the devil doesn't count. We all know that. In there. That was, that was last week. Let's oh, move forward. Yeah. Well, the church <laughs> had more to it, though. It had the conviction of, I can't remember the word. It started with an L. Remember? Like, there was a Luke. thing. There's a story. I gave it to them. This time, they don't deserve it. But I am going to give a point to science today. So, it's believed that vampirism is actually a medical condition known as porphyria. This is a rare hereditary disease in which the blood pigment hemoglobin, there we go, the blood pigment hemoglobin is abnormally metabolized. This results in the patients with the developing of pale skin and extreme sensitivity to sunlight, receding gums, which makes their teeth appear larger, and severe Mm. anemia. So we're checking a lot of these boxes. And before the magic of modern medicine, doctors of the past would have their patients with anemia drink the blood of animals to help cure the disease. Since it's a condition when the blood doesn't have enough healthy blood cells, this was thought to be the best way to approach it at the time. I think this is the most believable scientific thing we have stumbled upon in all of our episodes. Makes sense. Because this this makes the most sense to me. It doesn't explain the vast amount of vampires there was, yeah. and that's the easy way to dismiss it. But I, I, don't I feel know. like your your body's good at like knowing what it needs, you know. Right. So, like, even before doctors were like having people drink blood, I'm sure there was people who were like, they're just like, for some reason, I'm really craving some blood right now, and it's because they had this. They didn't have iron pills, so they're like, well, what's the next best exactly. thing? Exactly. Oh, yeah. We got our intern, Johnny, that has a yeah. kink. Come in here, Johnny. Yeah, my <laughs> wife's sleeping like this for some reason. Next, right out. Let's take a quick nibble. <laughs> Till death, we do we part, right? And death doesn't have yeah. to be that long of a journey. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was, that's all it is. And now it's time for Ryan's classic, good old modern takes. we have an animation now all right we're going to talk about vampires versus werewolves because for some reason this has become like the most overused movie trope in existence and 
I, 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 I want to get down to the bottom of it. Um, so I have a couple theories. Well, first off, before I get into my theories, um, just off the top of my head, this was out without even Googling it. There's what, what we do in the shadows. They're fighting vampires and werewolves. I mean, it's more of like a joke, but there's Twilight, which Team Edward, Team Jacob pictured here. Uh, Van Helsing, at one point, they're fighting. Underworld, the entire show is just lichens and vampires fighting each other. And I was like, why? And so I have two theories. And then the person who actually does research on this show, <laughs> I'm going to ask for her theory. So mine, my theory number one is just pure coincidence at them coming around at roughly the same time like late 1800s and then the 1900s there was just a bunch of stories of them so it seems like a very natural like enemy and then also in like a lot of the vampire stuff there's always like wolves and stuff second one is it's like a beauty and the beast type of situation because vampires are supposed to be these like beautiful charismatic creatures and werewolves are uh not that depending on what you like um so yeah so i i wanted to ask kimmy why she thinks there is so much overlap um since she's the one who actually does the research <laughs> okay i didn't look at your notes before because i was like i'm i'm not i'm gonna want to just go with the conversation i have two i have a logical and a sexy theory okay i like it i like it we're gonna start logical I think the main thing with them fighting each other is they have the same food source. That's fair. Because they eat people. They eat people. They hunt at night. Okay. And they eat people. And okay. they will disguise themselves amongst those people kind of thing. And gotcha. then trick them later and eat them. So that makes it like you're stepping on my turf. You're killing yeah. my people. I need to eat. Conflict makes sense to me because, like, yeah. the vampires aren't going to be like, "I'll suck their blood and then you will devour them," and the dogs yeah, aren't no. going to be like, "Bark, bark, 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 bark." Yeah. <laughs> so, so it makes sense. That makes sense to me. Now, the sexy reasoning. Yeah. This I, is where Timmy reads her fanfic. I am pulling up. What pad as we speak? No. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is, is especially for the time, vampires and werewolves shows the two different types of men. Okay. We're okay. Right now, in our current timeline, we're way more open with like the different constructs of like what makes gender and what makes men and it being more fluid. That's okay. I understand it. Going back in time, boop, 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 there's like two really hell, two ideas of men that were very pushed out through the media, right? There was the strong, big, burly men that would like sexy eat you kind of energy, right? And then there was the elegant, well put together, beautiful man that would take you to dance and show you the moonlight and make you fall in love romantically. These shows. And then eat you. And then eat you, right? So 
it's just the foreplay you're into at that point. So that's what I believe it is, is that it's just... There's the, a euphemism in there somewhere. <laughs> in the, just, you'll figure it out. Just keep yeah. going. Just keep going. <laughs> I just start spelling the alphabet. No. Um, so, anyway, that's what I feel like it is. I feel it was like a, what kind of guy are you into are do you want a guy that's like a beast big hairy man like barbarian or do you want a beautiful elegant elf like that's what i feel is the big like verses for the two of them which makes sense to me yeah no that that makes a lot of sense i mean my my sim my theory was very similar you're just a lot more detailed so that that makes a lot of sense (laughs) I just was like, I have to explain. Because listen, I like both. I, you know, the video of the girl where they're like, let's have tacos. Let's have soft tacos. And she's like, well, not both. She gets it. Because that's what the (laughs) situation is. Like, you know what? Not yucking anyone's yum because I am on both sides of the spectrum. They are volleyballing me back and forth. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because, listen, there's pros and cons in both of them, and that's fine. I feel like I have, when I see Dracula from Castlevania, I'm a thousand percent team vampire. But then I write my comic, and then I see werewolf stuff. I I don't like Jacob from Twilight. We talked about it. It's the whole imprint thing. We're a team Edward. We're a team Edward podcast. Yeah, a, a thousand percent. And that's okay. Because he, Jacob was cute, but there was some some I other think, stuff. I think we determined we're a Team Alice podcast. Yes, we are a Team Alice. Yeah. Alice all the way. Like Edward's just kind of... Eh. <laughs> Edward, Edward and Bella can be problematic. Yeah, together. they can we do their thing. Alice. Alice, though, we stand. Chef's kiss to Alice. <laughs> we, should we call this episode Team Alice? <laughs> Team Alice really throw people off. No one's going to know what the episode's about. Everyone's like, what is happening? <laughs> so anyway, I hope that helps clarify. I really believe it's just like the two sides of what they thought a man could be, like this style or this style, and they both have the same food source. So it just makes for a lot of great tension, a lot of yeah. opposites kind of get at each other i love it i love it so much it's so so great i yeah. have loved doing these for our spooky halloween month so yeah much. No, that, that may I, I really i really like that those yeah. both make a lot of sense yeah um we're almost at our hour and a half but i also before while still on modern takes if you have not already and you really like vampires go watch what we do in the shadows <laughs> It is the funniest show in the world because the writers, like, it's a comedy, but they actually do their research about, like, cryptids they talk about. Like, even as far as, like, putting, like, dirt under the bed and stuff like that, it is so funny. And every cryptid we've talked about that's been in that show, it's literally all I can think about. When we did, like they have a siren episode they have they the this last season they had the jersey devil i saw that and i lost my shit that was the funniest one just out of nowhere it's just so good um go watch it i know i talk about it all the time and i'm gonna keep talking about it until everyone comments i've watched it yeah um 
good. We Ryan posts like little clips of it in our Discord, and I love it yeah. so much. Yeah, the vampire werewolf fight is just so funny. They just for no reason hate each other. Like, yeah, it's so good. Um, and Nandor the Relentless is Dracula. Like he's just a a parody of Dracula. But um, yeah. So we don't we don't have any announcements this week, right? No, we don't. You know where to support us. If yeah. not, you know our website, you know our links. Check yeah. it out, write a review. Um, we have some cool giveaway stuff coming up, so stay on our yeah. social needs. But that's really it. And when this episode this episode is gonna come out like right before Halloween. So yes. happy Halloween, everybody. Um happy Halloween. best time of the year. Enjoy it. Stay safe out there. I hope everybody parties hard but safely. Yes. And don't get eaten by a vampire. <laughs> don't trust. Unless you want to get eaten it. by a vampire. Uh, oh. <laughs> that was the most awkward <laughs> wink. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. I'm going to go to that alluring alignment chart now. And we're back to <laughs> being <laughs> on very opposite ends of the spectrum. Do you want to explain uh, lawful good? Kimmy, for, for a guy who kidnaps people and forces them to uh, be his brides and drinks their blood and first of all kills people and animals and first of all hypnotism mm-hmm. is consensual is cool. hypnotism <laughs> well, is that's a stretch that's cool. a stretch but okay because there is a part of you that desires it. Second, boys gotta eat, and he could have—he could be sloppy like a werewolf. I feel like it's pretty clean cut, and I feel like there are options given to you, and I feel like I would have most definitely been one of his brides. So, I think the dude's just doing what he can. He isn't like destroying towns you know what i mean but he was but he's not (laughs) anymore ryan that was that was that was part of the whole thing he's vlad the impaler ryan (laughs) people can change (laughs) and i feel you're getting really hung up on the fact that he murdered like Sixty thousand people like a millennial ago it was uh it was more than that more than that listen do you want the number again it was it was a hundred it was a hundred thousand we all make mistakes <laughs> i was a mess in high school okay i have to know that some things change who for hasn't better. killed forty thousand to a hundred thousand people that's what i'm saying listen i i stick i feel he's lawful good he he only eats what he needs okay he doesn't go outside of them Everything's now, good. now I have another question for you. Oh God! What if we're talking about um, Avertak, the dwarf vampire? We're not talking about Avertak. Are, are, are we? Are we still? We're talking about Daddy Dracula. I think mm-hmm. that's very clear. Because <laughs> we listen. No shame to hashtag Short Kings. No. I know my type. But dwarfs are like we're talking like fantasy dwarves. I don't like I don't want someone that has more luscious hair than me. Like there are lines that should not be crossed. 
And listen, I feel like, well, here's the thing. I'm trying to think of You're the best. You're torn now. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was about Daddy Dracula, okay? So we're, <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Now, if you're going to bring up him, he reminds me of that really narcissistic guy from 90 Day Fiance, the one with no neck. <laughs> it's the same energy with the jealousy wife. <laughs> and you know it's true. What's his name? Big Ed. Right? Oh my god! Like is the it, is worst, it Big Ed? The worst. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. I just know like every time I see how he talks to someone, and I was like, what the? It's Big Ed. Yeah. Oh my god. So honestly, though, like he, I think he's so manipulative, so emotionally manipulative for someone that doesn't can't even stick out his neck for anyone in danger. That I would put him definitely towards neutral evil. Because, like, he acts all cool. But we're not talking yeah. about him. We're talking, about again. About Dracula. About Dracula. Top right. We did have quite a big segment about Avertag. But, anyway, so I put mine lawful. <laughs> it is big. Thank you, Lily. Um, <laughs> I put mine lawful evil, though the more I thought about it, the more I'd put it towards neutral. Because, oh. like... Well, neutral evil, like still all the way to the left. But um, there's not really any like rules necessarily that like he follows. Okay. Like none that I can think of at least. So yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change my answer to just evil, neutral evil. Okay. You can be wrong. That's okay, Ryan. Well. <laughs> We're gonna put Avertag all the way at lawful good because we we stand the dwarf <laughs> vampire. No, it's uh, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to budge on it. I I feel he's lives within his means, and I respect. All right, you heard it here first, folks. Kill a hundred thousand people, and Kimmy's gonna call you lawful good. You just have to have the hook nose, long dark hair. And then you're there. You're already there, my yep. friend. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. We're at the closing. We got to figure out our two takeaways. Um, I'm going to go first. Always bury people head first. Yep. That's a solid one. Um, hmm. How do I, how do I word this? Um, I think, have I already used, if you're going to murder a bunch of people, just be hot? Have I already <laughs> no. used that? I'm going to use that. I love that. Because that's very vampire. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. If you're going to eat people, be hot. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's going on a shirt with a little <laughs> vampire face. <laughs> you're going to eat people, be hot, and mm -hmm. um, bury people head first. I like that. It's a two-for-one window thing, too. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> and if you're going to eat people, <laughs> be hot. <laughs> there we go. I was waiting for you to catch it. People who eat people are hot. That's right. <laughs> Support. Listen. All right. We're anyway. not going to get more into that. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been a Lori. You just have... 
the most alluring day ever. Happy Halloween. We'll catch you in the next episode. Happy Halloween. Bye. <laughs> and that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Alluring, go check out our website, Alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.